This teaching comes to you from the team at Anchor Church Sydney. We hope you're blessed by it. For more teachings, resources or info, check out our website www.anchorchurch.com.au We're going to look at the Word this morning. We're going to go to Luke chapter 15. So if you've got a Bible, open up to Luke chapter 15. And as we get there, I, um, I just wanted to show you a, a picture of uh, my son, Judah. This, uh, this coming week, Judah is going to turn five, and uh, I can't believe he's five years old. But because December is such a crazy month, we decided that we would have his birthday last weekend. And um, this is his Transformers cake. And this is Judah and help from his little sister Piper blowing his uh, hidden candle out. Um, and I, Tash posted that on social media this week, and I was, I was looking at it, and um, it, it just kind of got me because, um, well, one is that Judah never likes to blow out candles, and so this is just a really significant moment that he had the confidence enough in front of all these people to stand up and blow his own candle out. Um, but as I reflected on this day, he was so happy. He was so happy because all of his friends were there, his family were there, all of the people that love him and care for him were there uh, and he got presents and he got to open all these cool new toys that he got, he got this like really cool transformer thing that turned into a jet that he was super stoked on and, uh, and there was cake, right, and he was so, so happy, um, we put him into bed late that night and he crashed out one cake-filled stoked little four and 11 month year old boy and it kind of got me thinking, you know, there is something about a party that is thrown that's just for you. And ever since that first solitary candle that was lit on that cake that was just for us, that we probably couldn't blow out when we were one years old, our culture and our family and our world has been telling us that you are worth celebrating that there is a moment in your year where we stop and give thanks and celebrate your life, that God has gifted you to this family. And I was, um, I don't know, I was kind of like a little emotional because he's starting primary school next year and we're freaking out because that's a, that's a big step. But, but here is a little legend, a little champion who was super stoked that we were celebrating him on this day. And in Luke 15, we see some parties, a number of parties. And I realized we looked at Luke 15 a few weeks ago when Steve Chong came and preached so well for us. But we're going to be looking at Luke 15 from a slightly different angle this morning. And the theme I want to focus on is the theme of parties here in Luke chapter 15. So just so you get your bearings, this is a parable that Jesus told that represents some things. The father in this story represents God, and the two sons in this story represent different ways of rejecting or rebelling against God, one in outward rebellion and the other in religiosity. And so we're going to look at Luke chapter 15 together. So if you've got a Bible, open it up. I lost my Bible the other week, the one with big print, and so I'm, I've got this little one now that I can't even read. I don't know if you've noticed, I've been wearing glasses lately. I'm getting old. But um, we'll see how we go with trying to read this. Luke chapter 15 Starting at verse 11, this is the parable of the prodigal sons. Or what did Steve call it the other week? The running father. I like that one, the parable of the running father. And Jesus said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, 
Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided up his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country and there squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here in hunger. I will rise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring, sorry, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now the oldest son was in the field, and he came and he drew near to the house and he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked him what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because you received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me even a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you kill the fattened calf for him? And he said to him, Son, you are always with me. All that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost. And is found. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that you indeed are the partying God. And so this morning, God, as we celebrate, we don't just want to celebrate our achievements. We want to celebrate what you celebrate. We want to celebrate what heaven celebrates. So God, help us to see what it means to be your people who would give you all the praise, glory, and honor and partying because of what you have done in our church. And so we pray, speak to us now by your word, and we ask it in the powerful name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, Amen. But if you notice, but there are three different types of parties in this parable. The first type of party is the party of the younger son. It's the reckless, wild, loose, crazy kind of party. The second type of party is the, I never had a party party of the older brother. And then the third type of party is the father's lavish, generous party. You know, as I was practicing this this week, I kept saying the father's farty. And I was really nervous that I was going to say it. And I nearly just said it then. So I just need to get it off so that I don't keep saying it. The father's farty. The father's party. Well, the first party is the reckless, wild party of the younger son. The younger son left because he thought the party was elsewhere. 
He's like, yo, yo, where the party at? And he's like, it's definitely not here. And so he gets together all of his father's inheritance and he heads off to a distant country. And we're told there that he spends it all on reckless living. And we don't really know what that reckless living is until the older brother kind of fills in a bit of the deets later on in verse 30. He says to the father, this son of yours has devoured or squandered your property with prostitutes. And so, look, he partied pretty hard, the younger brother. Parties, drinking, prostitutes, whatever other chemical substances existed in the first century. He partied hard and he partied away from the father and away from the father's provision, sorry, away from the father's presence, but using all of the father's provision. But the problem was this party left the son empty and lonely and lost and hungry And by the sounds of it, probably slightly hungover as well. It's the party of the younger son. But the second type of party is the party of the older son. It's the, I never had a party party. It's a lonely party of one, himself, and no one else. And this is what he says in verse 29 to his father. He says, look, these many years I have served you and never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me even a young goat that I might, what? celebrate with my friends. He's like, where's my party? Where's, I deserve, if anyone deserves a party here, it's me. He just does, he's sulking because he doesn't agree that this party that has been thrown is appropriate. And it's certainly not a party for him. And he's particularly peeved that his father kills the fattened calf. You see, meat was a bit of a, a delicacy in the first century. It's not a first century Middle Eastern table staple meat. They would save meat for special occasions because it was quite expensive and it required you to get your hands dirty because you couldn't just go to the butcher and ask for a steak. You had to butcher the animal yourself. And so preparing the meat and uh, slaughtering the animal and taking some, it was expensive work. And so it was saved for special occasions, but the fattened calf was the most special piece of meat that you could get. It was a, an animal that was particularly and specially fed and looked after so that on the very best of occasions when you had something to celebrate, like maybe a wedding or maybe some other family celebration, you would take this animal and you would slaughter it and it was the best cut of meat that you could find. It was kind of the equivalent of, you know, when you, you we crack out the... Hermitage or the Grange that's been sitting in the wine cellar for 10 years and there is this moment you're like today is the day we're going to get out the Grange we're going to crack the Hermitage the, the Hermitage and we're going to celebrate and so this this is what the father does he kills the special fattened calf and the older brother refuses he protests he refuses to go into the party He's the one who wished he had a party and it never happened. It's the lonely party of one. But the third type of party is the lavish, abundant party of the father. Have a look at what it says in verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet, all of the symbols of sonship. He's not being welcomed back as a slave. He's being called back into the family as a son and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and 
celebrate. Let's party. Why? For this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And we know it's a good party because verse 25 says there was what? Music and dancing. That's a good party. Now, I'm just letting you know that if you have a wedding and invite me to it, it has to be a very, very good party for me to dance because I'm not very good at it and somewhat self-conscious. And so it's got to be a, like it's got to be a pretty good party to get these people dancing and there is music and they're celebrating. And the, old, the younger brother is thinking to himself, this sounds much like the parties that I've experienced in the past. Only maybe here there is slightly different motivation for this party. And maybe probably slightly more moderation in this party as well. But no less the wine is flowing, the celebrations are happening, and this younger son has gone from being hungry for pig slop to feasting on the finest cut of Japanese Wagyu beef that you can find. Or it was lamb. It was a calf, fattened calf, whatever. Anyway, it was good. Why? Because his father had him back safe and sound. Because what was lost has come back. And the father celebrates because it's appropriate. I was reading this quote from a good friend of mine, Alex Early, who preached for us at our third birthday last year. And um, third? Second? One of them. Second, he preached our second birthday, and he, he said this in a, a blog that he wrote about party theology. Believe it or not, there is a theology of partying. And referencing this parable, he says this The father then throws a huge party, and the youngest son must have thought, I can't believe we're partying. I thought I'd partied enough. You see, what we learn here is that God is not anti partying, He simply wants to be the one who furnishes the joy that makes the party an actual party. Because parting without God is just coping. But parting with Him is abundant life. That's what the younger son gets to experience. The Father's lavish, generous party. And when we come home to God, this parable tells us that this is what the Father celebrates, that heaven celebrates when one who was lost is found, when one who is dead is alive, that God delights in that and rejoices over it because that is what He is seeking for and waiting for and longing for, for people to come home. And so we party. But maybe you're here this morning and you've not experienced the lavish, abundant goodness of the Father's party. Maybe you're parting like the younger son, far from God, trying to fill the void that is in your heart that creates this insatiable hunger for more and more and more and more and never seems to leave you satisfied. Maybe you've reached your rock bottom moment in the pigsty and you realize that this type of party just doesn't satisfy, that there must be something more. The Father wants to welcome you in. Or maybe you've been serving and waiting for the party, but you've not quite yet come in. And maybe you've seen other people come into the party and you think, where's my party? Why isn't God celebrating me? Maybe it's because 
You've believed the lie that you've earned the Father's approval by your hard work, but you're not experiencing it because it hasn't come through faith in Christ. Wherever you're at, this story is an invitation to join the party. The good news of the gospel is that Christ has died for our sins, to set us free, to give us a fresh start, and he's sent you the invitation. It's in Facebook. You've just got to click yes and say, I'm coming to the party and come back because the Father wants to welcome you in. Jesus told this story in Luke 15.1 to people who objected to Jesus partying. You see, Jesus was hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and so-called sinners, like there was a class of people who didn't sin that existed. And the religious leaders objected to Jesus feasting and partying and fellowshipping with these people. They didn't know how to celebrate the way God celebrates. They didn't know how heaven celebrates. And they thought what Jesus was doing was inappropriate. But Jesus tells these three parables all together. The parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost sheep, and the parable of the lost sons. Because he wants us to know what heaven celebrates, what heaven rejoices over. This is what heaven rejoices over. We need to know how to celebrate and what to celebrate. Verse 6 says this, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. And so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Or again, he says, rejoice with me, for I have found the lost coin that I had lost. So I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Heaven celebrates over people who place their faith and trust in Jesus. That's what God is about. And heaven has been celebrating this year over what God has been doing in our church because people have moved from death to life. People have moved from darkness to light. People have moved from brokenness to healed. People have moved into the kingdom of God and champagne corks have been popped and heaven has celebrated what God has been doing in our midst. But not only that, God doesn't just celebrate the big moments of people moving from death to life. He also celebrates all of the tiny little moments of obedience. John 15, 11 says that the Father delights. He has joy in us when we walk in obedience to his commands. When we choose to put Jesus first in a small moment, God delights. It puts a grin on his face from ear to ear. He loves it. And so we need to celebrate church. We need to celebrate what God has done and recognize that God is not anti-partying. He just wants to celebrate along with him what he celebrates. He wants us to celebrate what he is doing in pushing back the darkness in this city and establishing his, his kingdom in lifting up the name of Jesus. And so we celebrate. We celebrate your generosity this year. We celebrate your generosity last week. We celebrate that disciples are being made, that gospel communities are being planted. We celebrate the small moments of obedience to put Jesus first in your life. We celebrate that the gospel is boldly 
and sometimes awkwardly and sometimes in the wrong order being spoken in workplaces and sporting teams and homes and pubs and cafes. We celebrate the sacrificial service of what all of you have been doing week in, week out to serve this body, to serve our city. We celebrate what God has been doing by His Spirit in our midst. And finally, we celebrate and party for the same reason that there is a party thrown in Luke chapter 15. We celebrate that people have come from death to life. And so we're going to do that this morning in the symbol of baptism. So I'm going to ask Mike up in a sec to explain what that looks like. And we're going to baptize people in a moment. But I'm going to pray. And what I want to do this morning is pray a prayer from Psalm 36 that, that captured me this morning. This one line in Psalm 36 says that we get to drink from the river of God's delights. Drink from the river of God. Like that's not a sip of tea. God has a river of delight that is flowing and we get to drink of it, right? And so that means that we ought to be a joyful, celebratory people. And so I'm going to pray that God would do that for us, that we would get to partake in that. I'm going to hand over Mike and we're going to baptize some people. How does that sound? Good. All right, let me pray. Father God, how precious is your steadfast love, O Lord. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings, we feast on the abundance of your house and you give us drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In you, your light, do we see light. This morning, God, we want to give you all the praise, honor and glory that you deserve for every good thing that has happened this year. And so, God, we want to thank you. We want to praise you. We want to celebrate you in the name of Jesus. And God's people said, Amen.